0: What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that Snack poly Cupcakes. He's looking at his phone, so, you know, don't worry about it. But before we get into this episode, which we're going to be talking about a lot of league news, some unfortunate and bad news, along with a little bit of more. But first I have to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook, our gracious sponsor, Football's around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more on any football game to new customers. Listen up. If you don't want to miss this, Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 or more on any Week 1 game to receive $2 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for Week 1, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million top prize Nothing adds the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar prize. Download DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize for your first deposit. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, must be 21 or older, NJ. Or new Jersey, Indiana, PA or only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com slash sportsbook. For details, gambling problem call 1-800-Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Polly, not my best ad read.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <clears throat> you've done better, but I will give you this better than I would have.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, And, you know, Caps fans, we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about League News and a little bit about the Washington Capitals because, you know, that's kind of what we do, I guess. Um, You know, I'm struggling here right now to find this on clip, but we will be popping tabs and I think that right now is the time. How about you? Yeah. One, two, three. All right, man. So let's get right into it. It is the official Capture podcast. So we always take pride in trying to find all the league news, keeping Caps fans, you know, not ignorant like stupid ass penguins fans, but Jesus Christ. I just I was just at a party today. And had a ton of Penguins fans come up to me to talk about how, like, the Capitals are shit and all this other stuff. But in reality, I feel like we're no better. Like, the Penguins and the Capitals are in the same boat, no?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> they, uh, they're both seeing their stars in their twilight. They're both running out of time to... Right. Uh, Get that one last cup before these guys leave. Yeah, I mean we're kind of like—I uh, don't know—I've been watching The Sopranos a little bit. Oh, we're kind of like uh, both those guys who are old that got busted and are in jail now.
0: Hmm. I mean, I would—I don't know if I'd go as, as terrible as jail, but. I would definitely say that the twilight is in full effect for both teams. Uh hey, but you know what? Got to give it to Penguins fans being fully diluted the whole way.
1: Hey, consistent. Yeah. yeah. Consistent assholes.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's open this episode up. You know, first things first, I think uh the most you know, unfortunate news here is that, you know, rest in piece of Jimmy Hayes Condolences to the entire Hayes family. Jimmy was 31 years old, uh, former Boston College 2010 National Championship, uh, champion, uh, Panther, Blackhawk Bruin, New Jersey Devil, played seven seasons, leaves behind a wife and two children, Bowen and Mac. Tough man. Um, I think that I, I have no idea about the cause of death here. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> so the autopsy revealed nothing. Okay, um, they're calling it, you know, a, a mystery. Right. And the toxicology report in a couple of weeks apparently may shed some light on it. But yeah, um, if I read correctly, he was he had just celebrated Bo's second birthday earlier that day. You know his family saw him in good spirits and uh, you know, and then he was gone don't really don't really know what happened, so you know we'll keep an eye on that and see if we can find out how this tragedy happened. Um, you know, most people are probably familiar with his brother Kevin Hayes, current player for the uh, the Flyers. Uh, real quick on Jimmy, he was on. Spitting chiclets once, and it, you know, probably more than once. You mm-hmm. know, all those Boston guys, and he was talking about how one year in the World Championships, they forgot his jersey, so he had to wear a goalie jersey.
0: <laughs> Sounds <laughs> so, like you, Polly.
1: Yeah, that that does sound like something that would happen to me. Um, <laughs> but you know, if you know, seeing how all those guys are, he probably just laughed about it and said, "Whatever."
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um it's 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 tough and, and you know, to die at such a young age is is rough and thankfully we don't see this a lot in hockey. But yeah. you know, when we do, definitely a time to reflect. So, you know, wishing the best to the whole Hayes family.
1: Absolutely. Um and <clears throat> like I said, his brother plays for the Flyers, was also a Boston College Eagle. Uh, I just found out that he, they were related to the Kachucks, so you know, Keith, Matthew, and Brady, and then um, the New Jersey Devils manager, Tom Fitzgerald, so quite a hockey family there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I was actually just watching uh, the NHL Network yesterday, waiting for a Team USA game, and they showed a Winter Classic, and I wonder if they picked it because Jimmy was in it. But he was playing for his hometown Bruins, and I didn't see the play, but I saw him doing the Walk of Shame. So him and <laughs> him and one of the Canadians got thrown out. Uh, it was a little bit bittersweet to see that, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, tugging into the heartstrings there.
0: Absolutely, showing
1: that there. And in an unrelated thing, uh, Mike Condon actually played goalie. I think Kerry Price was dealing with injuries that year, mm-hmm. and uh, Doc Emmerich mentioned Wheeling because Mike Condon, you know, he played for the Nailers in the ECHO right. Just a side note, something I noticed from the game. But you know, it was nice to nice that they got him some airtime in light of all this tragedy going on.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, if anything comes of this, we'll let you know, Caps fans, as to how things pan out. But pretty tragic loss in any case. Um, You know, moving on, the women's worlds has been in full steam. How is Team USA doing, Polly? So, pretty well. Um, In
1: group play, they went three and one. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know they had at least two three to nothing wins. They lost to Canada five to one. Not good. Right. Um while well, we were recording exactly a week ago, last Sunday, Hillary Knight tied the all time goals record in women's world championship play with forty four all time, and then on Tuesday she broke the record against the Olympic athletes from Russia. So she now has 45 goals. Well, she's scored since then. Uh, right. I think she has up to 47 now after the first qualifying game. But Hillary Knight has become official GOAT.
0: Sniper. That's good. Yeah. you love to see it. I and mean, congratulations to Hillary Knight. And we wish the best for the, the team USA. I mean... Losing 5-1 to one to Canada is tough, but at the same time, I mean, this is world play. Anything can happen, right? Absolutely. And, you know, Team USA
1: has won the last five of these. They have won the last Olympics, and then, um, well, yeah, so they're, they're looking for their sixth in a row.
0: In and, world competition. In worlds,
1: plus the Olympics, so counting... The the COVID cancellation, no one has won a gold in women's play besides USA since, like, 2013. Right. So uh, I can see why Canada might have been hungry. <laughs> and hopefully they kind of just, you know, blew all their emotions on this game. And Team USA can take advantage when they meet them in the qualifying, which takes us into um, – Russia beat Switzerland three to two. USA beat Japan ten to two. Um, Japan made a nice little push at the end of the first. End of the first period, it was five to two, but then after Team USA killed off a penalty to start the second, it was right. just back to domination. Uh, quick note from that game: the U.S. had an average height of three inches taller and twenty-four pounds heavier. That's... Oh, what a disadvantage. The Team Japan? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you could just see it on the ice. It looked like everyone on Team USA was six foot besides Kendall Coyne Schofield.
0: <laughs> and
1: everyone on Team Japan looked like five. five. Right. So... Yeah. Uh, you know, quite a, a disadvantage they had. But they put up a good fight. Canada smacked Germany 7-0. And Finland beat the Czech Republic 1-0. And then today they had a placement round, so uh, Russia beat Germany three to two. Russia will play for fifth place. Germany goes home, eighth place, and Japan is currently beating the Czech Republic two to one. So wow. the winner of that game will play in the five six, and the loser will be seventh. And the semifinals are on Monday. Team USA will play Finland, who they beat three to nothing in group play, and Canada gets Switzerland, who they beat five nothing in group play.
0: So it looks like a USA Canada rematch, but Highly I mean, likely.
1: But the last world championship, it was US versus Finland. Right. And USA won <clears throat> in a shootout. So Finland Finland's in this. I think the only the only thing that would be a true upset is if Switzerland wins. I would say USA is the favorite, but Finland's very close.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you know, it, just some commentary on Japan, Japan, real quick. Is that like, you know, watching that program come from not even being able to score a goal in world play to be able to like contest is awesome, and that just shows like the progression of hockey worldwide. I think so. Good stuff, man. I mean. Uh, I think that everybody who's hockey world pretty that listens to this podcast knows that, like, it's Canada and the USA always, right, as yeah. far as powerhouses go. But at the same time, you can't sleep on these other teams, Finland, Switzerland. I mean, you can't sleep on Finland or, or really Sweden. But, like, to see, like, these completely off-the-wall teams do – Decently well, at least put up some points, you know, against you. Even if it is a blowout, is absolutely, uh, it's got to be encouraging to the whole world stage. When, especially when it comes to Japan,
1: yeah, and I mean they had they had some good speed. They were uh, smacking some nice one timers. Had some really nice passing. Um, you know they they did win two games. They beat Hungary and Germany. And they may win this third game. Denmark, oh no, they also beat Denmark. I mean, they won three games in group play. Right. Um, You know, that's a long way from where they've come from. And I think they're doing it right. They're building within. Yeah. I don't think they have a lot of imports. Right, no ringers. Yeah, they're not just naturalizing North Americans.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's good stuff. I'd love to see it, you know, hockey in the East has really kind of been a a wall in previous years, but, you know, I would love to see the women's game actually, like, catapult hockey interest into the, the Far East and beyond.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, the first ever Japanese player was drafted to the NWHL. Right. So, that's just going to open the door.
0: Absolutely. So... Capstones, look out for that. But good stuff in any case. Go USA. Hope they get another another uh, championship in the world championship. But you know, we'll see. Uh, it's still up in the air. What's going on with men's hockey? So this
1: weekend they were in the championships for the the final qualifying rounds, and Denmark will get their first ever Olympic berth in Beijing in their Group F win over Norway. They've been an international member since nineteen forty six, but never made the Olympics. Latvia wins Group E with a two to one win over France, and Slovakia wins group D, two to one over Belarus. So that's gonna give the tournament has twelve teams. And group A is Canada, USA, Germany, China. Group B is Russia, the Czechs, the Swiss, Denmark, And Group C, Finland, Sweden, Slovakia, and Latvia. Group A, (laughs) uh, yeah, so China got an automatic bid. Right. Um, I was reading some articles. There were the IIHF was considering revoking that because they're ranked 33rd in the world. Right. And only 12 teams make it. Right, right. But uh, they did decide to give the men and women. Automatic berths. The rules
0: are the rules, man. Yeah, One, they are. Two.
1: Apparently, they reserve the right to not give the automatic bid, but how often does that happen? Never. So, they're going to... Uh, I think they were encouraging China to naturalize imports. Yeah.
0: Um, Get some ringers in or, or you're cut.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, the Olympics are set, at least on the men's side, and... Might as well transition as we're talking Olympics. The NHL will decide next week if they are going or not.
0: Yeah, and the NHL, just so you know, capstones have been, have kind of lost that battle against against the Olympic and the IHF when it comes to this. They've already sectioned out that break in the NHL schedule. Like, it's likely going to happen but obviously they have to go through all this the the, the stages to do this. So this is what you're seeing basically right now. This is what we're talking about. So
1: I think they will. The only hold up is they could use covid as an excuse not to go.
0: Right. And it'd be a absolutely warranted excuse, I'd say.
1: Yeah, but it it's almost it's just too convenient. You know. Right, Gary right. Bedman's gonna get his way and he's gonna be able to blame it <laughs> on uh on a on a pandemic instead of being an asshole.
0: Right. Um I don't know. And I mean it's interesting because as we look at Ovechkin, as we look at players that really kind of you know, uh are pertinent to us. Do you think that Backstrom and, and, and Ovi are going to go play for their country during the Olympic break in this next, uh, you know, stop? Who knows? I, I, I can't speak on that. I, I don't even know. I mean, you would think you've seen Ovechkin take, like, one or two games suspension for the All-Star game. But do you think that he's actually going to take, like, months, a month, off for the Olympic and and just not go at all and just take that kind of, like, break? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so I think if he
1: had a goal by now, then yeah. Yeah. But this is possibly his last chance.
0: Right. No doubt.
1: I mean, he could be – he could do it when he's 39 or 40, but um, this is probably his last real chance, and it seems like – now that he's got a Stanley Cup, I would think the next two things on his list are gold medal and break the gold record.
0: Yeah, you would think so too. So, interesting to see. Uh, obviously, you don't want him to get hurt in the Olympics. No. So, who knows? It's, it's all speculation to this point, but interesting speculation at that. So, we'll be keeping you up to date on how the Olympic scene unfolds moving forward but on the nhl i think that the biggest uh headliner is Asperi captain has signed an offer sheet to the carolina hurricanes and that happened on saturday uh it is for a one i mean a one-year 6.1 million deal deal contract uh f- so kakamiami is from he comes from the canadians he is a restricted free agent. But during that time, you can offer sheet these guys. He's now accepted an offer and to the Carolina Hurricanes. And if you remember, year, a year ago, the Montreal Canadiens did the same thing to Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Who plays for the Hurricanes. I feel like this may be like more of a axe grinding thing. Though I will say that Kotkaniemi is... Kotkaniemi? Miami I don't know. I'm sorry. I've been drinking, obviously. But he is a... He's a center, dude. I mean, it, this is somebody who is highly touted. I mean, any any center in the NHL is probably going to be more paid and more sought after than any defenseman. Though defensemen generally get paid really well in the NHL. So it's like, what are the Hurricanes doing here? I think they're I think they're showing their ass a little bit, but they also don't care about the repercussions here, and they obviously are willing to pay six point one for a one year. So Jess Barry better be getting on his horse and performing incredibly well, or else this may be the end of his career, could be completely honest, right?
1: Yeah, and I think <clears throat> if this is just petty, I don't care. I love it.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, we need a little more of this drama in the off season. Give us something to, to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know how much they need him, but he obviously won't
0: hurt. Right. I mean, everybody needs a center.
1: Yeah. So, and, you know, they just lost Dougie Hamilton. So, they're going to be missing some offense. So, you know, maybe they're thinking, get that from where it's supposed to come from.
0: Yeah. And then you look at Kakami when he comes out this, this postseason and shoots at a 23% shooting rate or, or higher in the playoffs. I, uh, I would never bet on somebody's, you know, shooting rate, but he scored a lot of goals to the Canadians in the playoffs. Though in regular season, he's been damn near invisible. Is that a gamble that you'd take? I mean, apparently the Hurricanes have. But Polly, what do you think? I mean, do you think that's a wise move, or you know, it's playoff performance? It is in one year. But are we getting some recency bias here, bias here from the from the Hurricanes?
1: You know, that's that's a fair question.
0: And he's and, young. He's young.
1: Yeah, and you know, I think um, Carolina is going to make the playoffs. You so think so? If if you think this kid is gonna have an average regular season but will go off in the playoffs, it might be worth it. I know you were saying pre show that you yeah. think uh Carolina's gotten worse. I, I do. I don't know. Actually, last week on my guest spot on uh Sports with BJ podcast, yeah. I predicted Colorado, Carolina.
0: As a Stanley Cup final? Yeah. You're fucking high. I I don't know I dude here's the thing at one time Carolina had the best young core defensively in the entire league and then now you know that was probably like 2018 and then you know the greatest year for the Capitals Caps won the cup and then the next year they they continue that on they they bring in Rod Brendamore and everything else but I I just uh, who knows? I mean, strength down the center is obviously something that is a incredibly important thing for the Caps. Or for, for any team. Any team in the NHL. I just wonder if this dude's going to be able to perform for a Carolina third-line role. Because that's where he's sl- he slotted in, right? And 6.1 for a third-liner? You're hoping that he, like... As of right now, I feel like that's where the depth depth chart stands. You're hoping that a $6.1 million center for one year even is going to be able to, like, go
1: 1-2. Yeah.
0: So, who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Um, Hopefully next week we'll have Zach Tompkins on to talk about the, the Hurricanes. Because, you know, again, at, at one point we were, like... Wow, man. I mean, before the COVID seasons, I'm kind of scared of Carolina as being a Metro Division contender. But, you know, with some of the things that they've done as of late, you know, they wouldn't sign their Ned Levick, their their guy, like their rookie goaltender who's coming through their system. They've changed out goaltending. I mean, they have Mrazic still, but they also have, they signed Frederick Anderson.
1: And uh Ranta?
0: Yeah, and Ranta. So oh wait, they might not even have Morassic anymore. I'm sorry. They might have they might have shipped him. But
1: Did I, go to Vegas.
0: I think he did he might have, yeah. My bad. So Ranta and and, and Anderson as a tandem. They're stacking their veteran leadership into the dual position. I, I just I don't see it, man. I really don't it, that's a position that you want to go young and you want to go cheap. At least that's how the Caps have been doing it.
1: Yeah, and I think that's smart. But uh, just quick, he he's in Toronto, so it must have been a trade. Or yeah, they just exchanged free agents, right? But um, yeah, I mean, I think young goalies is it's kind of like being an NFL with running backs. Right. You want a young guy and use him up. Before you have to pay him,
0: exactly. And exactly.
1: you know, you bring in these goalies, and I kind of feel like when you're bringing in veteran goalies, especially a couple, yeah, you think you're making a run,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, on on top of that, you have to like they have to perform at the level that you expect. And I think you're there's too many eggs in one basket there. I feel that one veteran goaltender is okay. Yeah, pay them a decent amount, and then have the other guy fight for a position. Uh, I just... You know, that dynamic has worked for a lot of teams. I'm not sure that ever putting two vets in has worked, but... We'll see. Speaking of the Hurricanes, Svechnikov has agreed to an eight-year, $62 million contract with the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday as an average annual value of 7.75 uh, through the twenty-eight, twenty-nine season. So, like, props him for getting paid for long-term, but... If this cap ceiling breaks at one point, you know, the cap goes up after next year whatever that looks like in the NHL, I, I got to think his agent might be kicking him in the fucking head, especially if Sveshnikov can continue to perform the way he has.
1: Yeah, but I think the they keep saying the cap's not going to move for years
0: yeah and I just feel like that's, uh, that's bullshit but who knows who knows exactly what happens
1: yeah I mean I know you're you're pretty adamant that it's going to jump up
0: I am I am and I, I, for no other reason than like how the fuck does it not you're adding a team you're putting in a good product tickets are sky rising you're, you've just signed a brand new deal and the players, by the way, got nothing of this new ESPN deal as exemplified by the flat cap. I I don't see it, man. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, you're talking about a billion or two dollars that could be distributed amongst teams. That is definitely enough to, like, throw somebody a mill or two.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's, I think it's kind of criminal.
0: <laughs> you know. know, hey, but that's, that's how the NHL works, baby. Yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, a sniper like Svechnikov and a goal scorer of his caliber at seven point seven five million for or eight years—I mean, you know—just clap it up, clap it up for the Hurricanes right now. I mean, that's some good. That's some good GMing. I don't know what they've. I mean, I don't follow them closely enough to to know exactly what they've done, but they have absolutely leveraged some of their younger talent to get something else. Uh you know, I mean, obviously, there's the whole Tony D'Angelo thing, which, <clears throat> you know, hopefully we'll cover uh, next week with Zach Tompkins, but I am I'm a bit at a loss at what the Carolina Hurricanes are going to do next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're not paying. I mean, like, D'Angelo, I think it was a mil. Yeah, I it's mean, nothing. If you take his off ice stuff out of it, right. Like, he's, I mean,. He's a 7 mil guy.
0: Mm, Possibly, yeah. I mean, he's an offensive defenseman.
1: So, I mean, they're, and I think Ian Cole, they got at a pretty good price. Yeah. And he's not super offensive, but he's very good defensive, and he does contribute some.
0: But he's old.
1: He is old. Yeah. Um, But I think.
0: And they got rid of Dougie Hamilton.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's part of the reason they brought in D'Angelo and Cole. And Cole, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like a, yeah, a two for one. Right. But, Yeah, I mean, I think this is definitely very good GMing. I think he's a $9 million guy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe he's just happy there, and the term made him comfortable enough to take less money.
0: He should be happy there, and the term is enticing.
1: Yeah. I mean, Raleigh's a nice spot.
0: Well, not only that, I mean, it's like $62 million. Yeah. I can go... I could go score 20 and still make 62. Yeah. Honestly. So I think that the Rod, the bod Brindamore really basically has the task on his hand is to keep those veterans in line and, you know, continue the progress that he's made so far. It'll be interesting to see the hurricanes are, are quite a big question mark on my, uh, on on my slate as of next for next season when we're talking about an eighty two game season back in the in the metro like back okay. in Thunderdome motherfuckers. Well, Let's by see the what time you can
1: do. by the time we make our predictions, I may change my mind. But right. um, you know, I was imagine
0: saying, that Polly Cupcakes flip flopping here.
1: Um, but as of right now, they were my pick.
0: All right, fair enough. Speaking of kind of a veteran Cla- Claude Giroux will not sign a new contract with Philadelphia Flyers during the season general manager Cla- Chuck Fletcher said Thursday 33 year old forward is entering the final season an 8 year contract signed in 2013 and could become an unrestricted free agent after the season
1: how the fuck is Claude Giroux only 33 years old really I feel like he's been here forever but he, then I again, mean he has I mean, but
0: you know he broke in when he was 18 Crosby's this only was, 34 so right and do do you remember the whole like C- is better than Crosby when Philadelphia was smacking him in the mouth during those playoff runs?
1: Yeah, I was on the Giroud train.
0: Yeah, I was too. I loved yeah. it. I love anything that it he, did not he, stand the test of time. He did, he did not. It was that aged poorly, if you will. Yeah, but it, did. it, I it mean, had a, it had it had some meat to it for about two years. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. It was enough to just be like, "Hey, Claude Giroud," to Penguins fans, and they would just be triggered. Yeah. Um, Look, Claude Giroux the captain. He's the man in, in Philly. Uh, but as you can see from what Philadelphia has done in this offseason, they're in a full-blown rebuild. Whether they want to fucking admit to it or not, they're just they're shipping out talent in which they thought was promising and was promising in years past. But you look at Claude Giroux, and I feel like he is, wow. I think that most Philly fans would say he is the most consistent player that the Philadelphia Flyers have had since the 2015 80s. since the 80s. Yeah. Uh it may be time. And it's more or less for this I th- I feel is more or less a, a signif- signifying a culture change versus Actually, making the team like on paper better.
1: Yeah, and you know maybe he's just pulling an Ovi. You know, Ovi Ovi did it and weighed <laughs> his options, and you know maybe Claude Giroux knows. No he's way. In, maybe <laughs> no way. Maybe he's not going anywhere, and he thinks maybe I can have a really good season and improve myself, or true, or I have a not great season and they'll sign me for what they wanted anyway.
0: Fair. Um, I think Drew moves on I do I think Drew might find another team here soon
1: I'd love him in Washington
0: I'd love I'd like him in Washington we can't afford him but uh, I'm looking at like Colorado the Panthers you know I'm looking Colorado at him I'm nice. looking at him fitting in and just bringing that veteran leadership somewhere else
1: if Philly's in a bad spot do they trade him at deadline
0: that's another great question I think that I I I think that this is a primer for anything that Philadelphia can get. I think this is kind of a signifier to say, "All right, look, we're not married to Giroux. You know, we're not married to a number one center. If you can bring a number one center, let's see. What about Eichel? Ooh, <laughs> oh, poor Giroux if he lands at Buffalo. You know, it wouldn't be terrible <sighs>
1: if he just gets traded. You know." At least he, he'd be done at the end of the season. He could walk.
0: Right. Right. That's true. That's so, true. you know,
1: Philly gives him Giroux a first round, maybe. For Eichel? Yeah. Might need another draft pick in there for Eichel.
0: A low one, like a third or third or lower? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Philly might have to hold on to some of the salary. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or they're going to have to really sweeten the pot. Right. But in any case, I mean, I think that this is like a, a – this is a, a great – I mean, this is something that anybody who follows hockey could probably have seen coming. Uh, Philadelphia's had a really bad season. They're really not in it as of last season.
1: I mean, they came in
0: coming like the team to watch. Right. Coming from a season in which – exactly right, Pauly. They were the team to watch and – having that second half of, like, the, what, 19 season, in which they were, like, amazing.
1: Yeah. Go and um, Well, yeah, the, so they they got hot. Yeah. And then the bubble happened. Right. And so everybody thought, all right, they're going to be something special.
0: And then this year, they jettisoned a bunch of talent.
1: Yeah, and got smacked around by the Mass Mutual East.
0: Well, even... Yeah, after that, they saw, like, okay, fuck. And then, then they jettisoned in this offseason a bunch of talent. I mean, you know, Nolan... Gostabir, I mean, these people who, these players in which Voracek. were, yeah, Voracek, who were, you know, highly touted by their own squad. They are just like, okay, well, it's over. Uh, and they're moving on. So it's it's interesting to see what Philly will do. I'm, I have zero, I don't know. I think that they're, like I said, in a full-blown rebuild, and I don't think anybody wants to admit it, but they really are. So, you know, take it for what it is from the outside looking in this looks like the Philadelphia Flyers will not be a contender in this upcoming season but who knows what they what they do i don't think it's a i mean when you're talking when you're talking about not re-signing your captain i think that signifies pretty heavily that you're in a rebuild yeah all right so some some other things: Dylan Dylan Dubé signed a three-year, six-point-nine million dollars with the uh, Calgary Flames Thursday. Annual average value two-point-three. Okay, whatever. Um, sorry, sorry
1: for putting it in there. It's
0: okay. Hey, you know we're just we're just uh, I guess giving everybody the news. Carey Price expected to be ready for uh, Montreal's training camp next month after a thirty-four-year-old goalie had knee surgery. Uh, July twenty-third is when he had it. Coach Dominique Ducharme said Thursday. So, this is a guy who, you know, I mean, they went deep last year. Carey Price looked good and then he didn't. Yeah. And then he couldn't get it done. I mean, just the very quintessential Carey Price criticisms, uh, whether I'm French-Canadian or not, uh, happened and came true. And you look at Carey Price and you're like, Bro, you have like, what, three more years with the Canadians, or more? What is happening here? And then hearing that he has surgery? Whew. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why the Capitals have been so wise as to not spend big money on a goaltender. Goalies are, are voodoo. They're, they're, they're absolute fickle. Who knows if they're going to have a good good year or not? You just want them to be like replacement level. And then we'll work from there, it seems like. Let's pay for a replacement level and work from there. And then I feel like that's why the, the penguin or I mean the the Washington Capitals have done so well. You know, and the penguins as well. Any any powerhouse in the Metro, pay cheap for goalies. Ten million dollars a year for a is ridiculous.
1: Well, since the lockout, I think there's only been two goalies who have proven I don't even know if they got the contracts or not, but proven that they were worthy of big money term.
0: And one of that is Brayden Holby. No, Obviously who is it? not because we got rid of him. <laughs> who um, is it? Who is it? Who is it?
1: <laughs> Flurry and Lunquist.
0: You think Flurry has proven that he's worth term?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, he's man. made he's been in four cups. He's won a Vesna. He's working his way up the record books. Dude,
0: Flurry though has not had objectively great seasons. He's had good teams. Yeah. So did Martin Brodeur. It's true. It's true. It's true. But Martin Brodeur played above replacement every year, and so did Patrick Waugh and Hasek. I mean, are you really going to put marc Andre Fleury? And you know what? Look, of all of the Penguins' hate, I supported Fleury the most. I think that Fleury got a lot of hate that he didn't need to be having. When he was with Pittsburgh, but of all of those goals you just named, is Flurry really amongst them? I don't believe so.
1: I think he is. Wow! I think what his body of work over the past fifteen years? No,
0: his body of winning is what you're trying to say here. His body of winning over the past fifteen years has what?
1: Well, yeah, he's had a very successful career, but I, I just as Someone who watched the Penguins a lot because I lived in their network. Sure. And I hated them.
0: Right. Me he, too.
1: He was frustrating. Sure. Yes, yeah. he could. He, okay. He's not Brador or Wah. Exactly. But That's I'm, what I'm trying to say. I'm here, just Paul. saying, since the lockout, he and Lundquist, if I were a GM, they're the only guys who I would have felt comfortable giving an eight for eight. Wow. But that also factors in that some of these other elite goalies have had big injury issues. Jonathan Quick would be worth that if he wasn't getting hurt all the time. Right. Same thing with Carey Price. That's what brought this up. Carey Price's injury. Right. So that's all I'm saying is, um, you know, Lundquist was pretty much perfectly healthy until he was 39 years old.
0: Marc-Andre Fleury may be the most undeserving goalie to get the Hall of Fame when he retires. I don't think so. Dude, he... I mean, the stats say it. We had Jay Fresh on the podcast. that just shit on Fleury. He's a Penguins fan. And maybe I'm just, like, fueling... I'm, like, taking that narrative because I hate the Penguins. But you look at those teams, and you know what? Look, I've heard people say Patrick Waugh wasn't all that good because he had you know a uh, defensive core anchored by like Adam Foot and all these guys uh you know Ray Bork like you know he had he had a a star-studded defensive cast in front of him I I don't believe that Well that's fine. We For 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 Wah, I don't believe that, oh, but no. for for Flurry though, I mean, you look, you look at those Penguins teams that he won with. And he won on the shelf. That's, I think that's the biggest thing to take away. Matt Murray had the playoff performance for the back to back cups of most recent, you know, time.
1: I think the second cup. And then? Flurry had to come in and save his ass.
0: He did a bit, but then Matt Flurry came, or Matt Murray came back in and won the cup with him. And then you look at, the Olympics in which Fleury has a gold from Roberto Luongo was the man Matt or Mark andre Fleury was like a third relief guy. He, pr- he didn't even dress the majority of the Olympics. Hey, you know, who knows? It, it'll be interesting to see what Mark andre Fleury does. If he's going to be exposed in Chicago or not, because think about it. the Chicago's a, a rebuilding team. They obviously wanted somebody to backstop him. And in addition, what's working for Fleury is that the Chicago Blackhawks have always had goaltenders who were not that great. I've – Kerry Price is – or I mean, I'm sorry. Corey Crawford, not that great as a goaltender, right? I mean, I don't think anybody's ever said uh, Crawford is a Vesna candidate. I mean, he, he's – I'm sure he's been in the talks, but he's never been close. Like, come on. Like, I think that when – when and then when the Hawks were winning cups, Corey Crawford was just that guy who stepped up in that right moment. He might have not had a full body of work around him, but I think that he did what was needed in the time. And I'm not saying that as a team, NHL teams cannot have goalies that are like that who just step up in those most dire of times to make that most important save – but I don't think that Marc-Andre Fleury or Corey Crawford were those guys that would carry it, put the team on their back for 20, 30 games in a season. All right. <clears throat> you disagree?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I just think...
0: I'm breaking you down, Pauly. I'm breaking <sighs> yeah, you down.
1: I am mean, just from watching them over the last 15 years... I and that's,
0: that's that. the thing. When you watch his highlights, Mark Andre Fleury looks like a goddamn Patrick Watt, but, you know, when you look at him let beach balls through when it's Pittsburgh versus Philadelphia.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean,
0: takes pause, right? Makes you take pause. That's you're all right. You know? And, hey, Margaret, I will give this to Mark Andre Fleury again. I told you this is like my favorite penguin, uh, which is not a very high bar to stumble <laughs> over, but, I would say this, like, look, man, I mean, you look at Marc-Andre Fleury and he had struggles with consistency early in his career. And when I say struggles, I mean this guy, when he shit the bed, it was like 10 games. It was not like a five game, two game, three game stint where he was like, I need to just like readjust and then like come back. And then he's like tip top shape. It was like Marc-Andre Fleury is like on the chopping block to be traded shitting of the bed. Right. I mean, and, and so (laughs) again, I mean, Hey, there was some drama in Vegas. We'll see what happens in Chicago. Uh, I think Fleury is, is probably about four years over his true capabilities. But good God, I mean, making those saves, having a great season. And like a fine wine, he has aged gracefully and has stayed off of the IR list. So interesting stuff. We'll see. I wish him nothing but failure. Good. <laughs> all right, Jordy Ben, are we talking about Jordy Ben here?
1: Well, I mean, he signed with Minnesota, one year, nine hundred thousand dollars. That's all we got to say. Yeah,
0: um, uh, with the Wild, so he's going to stay there. And then, you know, I know we're going to, you know, look this draft class, stands We are not on this podcast. I think that we've said multiple times we are not like draft experts by any means. We do not keep up with prospects and. That's why we bring the good guests on to educate you upon this stuff. But apparently this next draft is going to be a powerhouse one. And speaking of power, what do you got?
1: Yeah. So Owen Power, first overall pick, has decided to return back to Michigan. Instead of playing with the Sabres, they are apparently fully supporting his decision. Um,
0: (laughs) Imagine that.
1: (laughs) Right. Power is one of three... Michigan University players chosen in the first five picks, along with Matt Benier, or Benyers, I don't know how you say it. He was at okay. the Kraken. Kent Johnson, number five to Columbus. They will also go back to Michigan, and they will be joined by the two first-round selected incoming freshmen, Luke Hughes and Mackie Samoskiewicz who went to Florida Panthers. So look out in Big Ten hockey because Michigan <clears> is coming in with five first-rounders on their roster. Um, I kind of hope they put all five of those guys on the ice at once. That'd probably be some kind of history there.
0: Yeah, and I mean, it's almost like the NBA. What a sick league. Uh, yeah. Going and, and doing this, you know... If you're not up with college sports, Caps fans, you know, they've recently said that college athletes should get paid, which they should. I mean, I fully support this only because how much off of their name do these colleges make? I mean, it's, it's money hand over fist and, and to, to cut into their, their coffers of kajillions of dollars I'll say that it's not a real number but like millions and millions dollars in which they could at least get a little bit of a percentage of especially on apparel sales with powers you know that that rookie powers Michigan jersey is going to be money in about 10 years 5 years even you know especially if he becomes an NHL stud
1: yeah and you know even if they don't pay him everything should be covered right if they go home to visit their parents for Thanksgiving Pay for the tax. Pay for the. I mean, how
0: fucking hard is it to give him fucking first class flight for five hundred fucking dollars round trip from Michigan to wherever the fuck else in the country? I mean, this guy makes you how much fucking millions of dollars? I mean, come the. I mean, anybody who's been to college knows how how hard it is. I mean, Polly, you and I college athletes not in any respect to these guys but like you know yeah things were paid for us as far as like staying during those trips but like bro we're not studying at that point and like the we both knew we were never gonna go anywhere with sports like we need to like figure things out about like real life when this shit happens i mean come on give us throw us a bone a little bit you know maybe a stipend yeah of course most of that's gonna go to beer money but hey that's our prerogative dude
1: yeah, and even if that's the, pro- the the worry, they could always give them, like, prepaid meal cards and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. everything should be paid for. Foods, clothing, housing, books, everything. Toilet yeah. paper. Jesus Christ. A Let's stipend.
0: Like, a more yeah. than you can... I mean, and then they should be able to, like, you know, maybe, like, take that money and invest a little bit. Like, you know, they're adults, after all. Yeah. Uh I am 100% for college athletes being paid. You know, a big proponent of that, Stefan Brenner, he was on the podcast and he was like, I was like, so Steph, you played at what, like 17 in the tier two, like Swedish pro league? And he's like, well, yeah, you can't do that and also play D1 or D2, D3 college, right? And and I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, so there's ways around that shit, but for but he was also a Swedish national so like for someone who's not a Sweden who's an American or a Canadian I mean yeah you're under a lot more scrutiny here man like give them the money give these college athletes the money I mean I'm not and I don't think it needs to be an exorbitant amount but I mean it should be proportionate to how much money you are making right? you fucking asshole colleges right Uh so and uh, because think about it man I mean that like I said all those guys going there, winning, and they are now absolutely, the the, the Wolverines are, have to be the favorite for winning a national championship, right?
1: At the very least, the Big Ten.
0: Yeah. And how much extra money comes into the college from that?
1: Yeah, and if they're letting fans back in, they'll probably sell out almost every game.
0: Right. And I think that they could, well, oh, sacrifice a measly 10% to spread that among those players, no? Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Of course they can. Unbelievable. And, and, you know, eat the rich. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going to talk
1: about these guys in snack time on Thursday. Go into more college hockey.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: So if you want to hear us talk more about college hockey, tune in in a couple days. Or the live stream right after this one.
0: And to piggyback on that, I mean, it's incredible to see that the NCAA in the United States has been a... I mean, they they're doing this not for the money, I'm sure. They're doing this for self-benefit in the sense of education, along with development to their hockey game. Right. Which is huge. Because if they didn't think that... If these players did not think that they were going to learn and get better at hockey doing this, as if they already have been selected highly in the NHL, why would they do it? They could go pro tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a huge, huge, uh, you know, attaboy to the NCAA program across the nation right now. So kudos to that. All right. We've been, we've been blabbing way too long, but let's, uh let's get into the Washington wraparound. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Capstone. So today in the Washington around we've only got a couple things, but uh, just to cover real quick, like Henry Lundqvist said, he was days away from rejoining the Washington Capitals after hope and heart surgery until he actually had a season in end, season injuring ending. I'm sorry, season ending uh, infection around his heart. Uh, he said it was like one of the hardest things he's ever had to battle back from. Uh, like, literally three days before this infection was found, he was in talks with the CAPS to come back. Your boy, Polly Craig Anderson, would have likely been out, but, you know, and, and, you know, you know, the CAPS would have been chomping at the bit to put him in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, very interesting. Um, you know, and then again, this is a translation that has come from the Swedish newspapers, but he said, it was three days before I was going to Washington that I found out that I had a, uh, pericarditis, uh, said in Swedish, translated by NHL.com, referring to an inflammation of the membrane surrounding the heart. It was very close to coming back. It was very tough to go through that again, but it was a completely different thing because it had nothing to do with the operation. And from what I understand, he was bedridden for quite a long time after finding this and realizing that something was truly wrong. I mean, you know, any inflammation and infection likely comes with a very high fever. And when it's around your heart, I mean, can't fuck with that. No,
1: that, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say.
0: Yeah, ex- word for word. Yeah. Like, uh, so, hey, man, I mean... Incredible, incredible stuff for Lundquist to even be even close after open heart surgery during the season to come back during that same season. Yeah. I mean, Masterton, talk about Masterton. I mean, you know, I think that the past one or two Mastertons have been very well picked, obviously. You know, we've got um, Oscar um, Limbaugh. Limbaugh, yeah, getting this last one, which is incredible. Getting, you know, a very rare form of cancer and then coming back and playing in this season's incredible stuff. I think that if this were to happen, if, if it would all, all gone to Lundquist's plan, absolutely. And Masterton was in his, in, in, in his, uh, future, but you know, he had that infection and, and rightfully said, look, I mean, you know, this is enough. Uh, he also announced that he was going to retire Lundquist did, after this whole thing. Um I think this is a good wake up call. You know, and uh I will say this, it's it's as a competitor myself, not to this level, but like I understand like how wrapped up you can get in like getting back and, and showing the world or showing your teammates or showing it doesn't even have to be your teammates, your competition, anybody, you know, anybody in beer league, fuck it, whatever. That you're back and you're not gonna be Taking a break, but look, man, Hendrick Lundqvist has put it together, an incredible body of work. I was just looking at his, his highlights the other day, and it's just like, man, this guy was so lights out. And when all, and when even the staunch defenders of New York in, in yesteryear had broken down, he still bailed him out and kept him in the game. I mean, the dude's a king. Uh, I'm looking at, I mean, first ballot Hall of Fame. I don't think that that's even a question. Uh, anybody who questions Lundqvist being a Hall of Famer needs to fucking look at themselves in the mirror and say, what the fuck are you judging people on? Uh, so.
1: Henrik Lundquist is the best goalie to play in the NHL without a Stanley Cup. Ever. You think? Yeah.
0: Even looking at Luongo?
1: Yeah, he's be- I think he's better than Luongo.
0: I'll give you that. Luongo has a gold though. But, you know, I don't even, so we won't Lundqvist. talk. Yeah, does he?
1: I think he was on the 06 team.
0: Okay, fair enough. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I don't think that Canadian. I think Canadian gold medals should never be in the conversation of hockey individuality. Yeah. Ever. Because Canadian gold medals, I mean, it is an absolute catastrophe if the Canadians don't win a gold medal every year. If they don't win a gold medal, they could cut. I mean, you know, I've I've gone on rants on this. They the 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 Canadians every Olympics could cut their entire first their entire team and then go with their reserve and probably still win a gold medal. That's how good that team is when when pros are invited. Yeah. Good so stupid. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just. I mean, hey, good for you, Canada, for having such great. Hockey culture, for one. But the, the the bigger thing is that... I mean, it's like the U.S. in basketball. Come on now. Right. Right? I mean, I think it's the same for the U.S. and basketball. If the, if the U.S. didn't have LeBron or any of these fucking guys who I don't know their names uh, to play, then I still think that they could win a gold medal. Absolutely. I mean, the top team one players in basketball could probably smoke the world in the United States.
1: Yeah, especially if they had like a proper time to come together. Yeah, give, a give them camp. a couple months. Yeah, yeah.
0: two month camp, go out and smoke the world.
1: Yeah,
0: it's Canada and hockey, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, so hey, you know what's what well, the takeaway here is that Lundqvist is an amazing competitor, and he and he uh, really tried hard, but just wasn't in the cards, and he eventually threw in the towel in a non-disgraceful way. You know, I think that, like, okay, dude, you had a heart surgery in which you knew was going to happen, but you've been putting it off for, like, I mean, he he apparently knew about this for a long time, but never knew the severity of it. To continue playing pro hockey at this point, where goalies lose 15 pounds a game, (laughs) is incredible. And He can walk out, ring or not, head held high. And you know what? Uh, As much as I don't want to give kudos to the New York Rangers fans, I think that that is well-deserved. Hey, he retired a Ranger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. He never played for any
0: other team. Yeah, that's got to feel
1: good. Uh, uh, Real quick, an update. Japan beat the Czech Republic. Wow. It's 3 to 2. So they will play Russia for 5th place in women's no Worlds. Shit.
0: That's got to be like a very, that's got to be like what? Their th- third maybe win in world competition.
1: Well, they've already won four this tournament.
0: Oh shit. No shit, really?
1: Yeah, I think the only I think they went 3 and 1 in group play.
0: Incredible. Wow. Talk about a team that has really just shown strides. But uh, Caps fans, first game September 26th versus DC, um, 5 p.m. in DC. That's the Caps first. I thought we were opening up against New York no, against in Boston. This is
1: this is uh, preseason. So the preseason starts September oh, okay. 25th, and the first game is against Boston in DC on the 26th and they'll stay at home against New Jersey on the 29th and then they go they go they go, <laughs> they go to Philly on October 2nd to New Jersey on October 4th stay on the road October 6th in Boston and the final regular preseason game is Friday October 8th against Philly and I believe it's the following Wednesday they play the Rangers to open the season at home. I don't think it's any accident that they didn't play the Rangers in the preseason. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Capstins, uh, we're looking forward to it, man. I mean, it seems like it's like a month away, dude. I know. You
1: know, my favorite things. So, I like football. But one of my favorite things about football starting mm-hmm. is that hockey's about to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And your, and your Oakland Raiders or L.A. Raiders as they are now known.
1: No, Las Vegas. Oh,
0: Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. Uh, that's how much I don't know about football are going to be probably in the shitter by that point. Yes. So, you know, win for all of us, Capsons. We don't have to hear about Pauly talking about the Raiders or football in general. And we'll be only hockey-centered after... the the season starts. So tune into that. Obviously, we've got New York in the first game, but I think we've droned on long enough. Caps fans, thanks for tuning in and sticking with us for this pretty long episode. Until Thursday, Hockey Troll, cupcakes, signing off. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Churn Podcast, repping the greatest team in Follow me, The Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly
1: on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
0: And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Podnet on social and the thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network every team everywhere check them out oh we're not friends anymore